They are going to become more brutal. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They are going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Hey, Karagito, all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. They are, Robert, and this portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, you know, I was just running down the stairs here at the studio. We're at the we're at the mothership here of AM nine fifty, and uh, upstairs is the bathroom. And I've had too much caffeine today, so this is going to be a really fast show. I feel like, but uh, we have a couple guests on. We should uh, well first before we get going here, we have an update from the governor of the great state of Wisconsin. Um, we love everything about them except the t- uh, their football team. So let's take a let's take a quick listen. Hey there, Native Roots Radio. Governor Tony Evers here with my weekly update. Folks, expanding access to high-speed internet across Wisconsin has been a top priority for my administration since day one. And we're proud that no administration in state's history has done more to expand access to high-speed internet than we have. Since 2019, we've allocated more than $340 million to ensure more than 395,000 homes and businesses will have new or improved, reliable, high-speed internet. And now, thanks to a more than $1 billion investment through the Federal Broadband Equity Access and Deployment Program, we'll be able to keep building on our progress and getting folks connected and closing the digital divide in every corner of the state. Having access to reliable high-speed internet is a necessity for how we do work, how we learn, and how we see our doctors, how we stay connected to our communities, and so much more. Unfortunately, Republicans rejected my plan to invest $750 million into expanding access to high-speed internet and provided zero new state dollars to get every home and business in Wisconsin connected to high-speed internet. And while the federal funding will help bolster our efforts, we still have much more work to do to close the digital divide in our state. With a historic state surplus available, this should be a priority because the longer it takes to get everybody connected, the more costly it will be for a state to catch up. We're going to keep working to make sure high-speed internet is accessible and affordable for our kids to learn, our families to get connected to the resources like healthcare, and for employers and workers to keep our economy growing. Thank you. Back to you, Robert, and Native Roots Radio. Hey, thank you, Governor of the great state of Wisconsin. We are now live on Facebook and YouTube. We had the had it muted there a little bit, Haley. But we got a couple of great guests on that we've had on before, and uh, we're really excited to hear about what they're doing and uh, what kind of opportunities are out there. And so I'd really love uh, if you guys could introduce yourself and talk to our, our audience out there in the great, uh, where are we here, the Midwest. Hello, my name is Wabin Smith. I am the co-chair of the Indigenous Employee Resource Group at the Department of Transportation, and I am an enrolled White Earth member and Navajo. Wow, right in from right, St. Paul. Hey, St. Paul, the capital city. We love the capital city here, even though we're out in the suburbs of Prairie Island. We, uh, I am from St. Paul, so uh, welcome, Wabin. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having us. I am Ian Walking Elk. I'm also a member of MnDOT's Indigenous ERG, and I'm an enrolled Crow Creek Dakota, but I'm also Hopi and Southern Sitsistas and Hinonai. Welcome, you two. And uh, there's so many opportunities. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about MnDOT and uh, uh, we've been running ads, and it's exciting what we have out there for our Native community and, and everybody listening, too. Uh, there's work out there to be done, and what a beautiful way to have a career that you could uh, be with for most of your life. And I know um, that's important in a lot of different ways. Waban, what do we got uh, out there? What? How can uh, our, uh, our uh, people listening 
um, reach out to you and, and what kind of job opportunities are out there that uh, would be awesome for us? So, you know, as you said, we do have run, we've been running some news ads, um, some ads. I did have a recording with an ad and I did place a number out there for the people. Um, you can go to our career website on min.gov careers and we'll have a list of our open positions along with uh, Lena Garcia's phone number. Um, I believe I said that on the ad. I'm not quite sure. I didn't get the okay with her to give out the her phone number on this. Cool. On this well, interview. Sorry. No problem, Wabin. Um, can we uh, talk just a little bit before we get going too too deep into this? Is like how important is this to have uh, representation here in the state of Minnesota with these job opportunities? Uh, I think it's kind of groundbreaking what you two are doing uh, here statewide. Yes, we are working to establish here at Mindal as an employer of choice um, for the indigenous populations. Um, we try to provide a platform for the community-based educational programming guidance and a space for employees to share ideas in support of Mindal's vision and their, you know, the processes of the Indigenous employees that work within MnDOT and within our employee resource group. Yeah, definitely. And I, w- I want to get our other guest in here, too. How, how important do you feel like it is where we have representation here? And um, I think it's really important and it's really cool to see you, uh, you younger warrior, warrior women here uh, leading the way in, in MnDOT in, in many different ways. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't, I mean, it's nice to hear being called a younger warrior, eh? but, <laughs> but it's, it's really important. And I think we have, we talk and, you know, to use like some of the buzzwords in our community, we talk a lot about resiliency and we talk a lot about inclusion. And this is one way, I guess, this is one way we're doing it, you know, where I look at it like whatever we do that talk about burdens and things that happen before us, whatever we do to make things easier for that next generation and us being here. And sometimes, yeah, we have to get put on the spot and we have to carry that load of teaching people about ourselves, even though sometimes we just want to be. But we're here to do that. We've put ourselves out there for that. And I, I guess personally for me, I have daughters, I have a son and I want them to go to work one day and not have to focus on being so resilient and not call certain places the belly of the beast. Hmm. I want them to go to work and just get to be. So it's really important for us to be there. Right. And I think, too, the other side of that, too, is that it's really important that you're there to help us maneuver through the system, too. Because, again, a lot of times we talk about systems that aren't made for us. And so um, whether it's uh, birth certificates, uh, applying correctly, uh, you, you help with those things too, right? We try. <laughs> You're muted, Robin. Sorry about that. <laughs> we, we try to give them resources. So we do, you know, we do uh, community out, um, outreach. We do, I, I don't know if you've seen our faces within... The community, like during certain open houses, our community events, we try to make a presence there and we do try to get resources for employees that do come to MnDOT as employees and join our resource group. We try to give them resources as much as possible. So, Yeah, that's exciting. Can you guys hold on? I think we're kind of just getting into the tip of the iceberg here and we want to uh, really have you speak your truth. And, and what I want to do is I want to uh, basically turn the show over to you and have you talk about what you want to talk about. Um, I think that's important and it's always really important for our community to be able to speak and not have me directed in a way. So when we come back, I'd like you guys to speak your truth and really give uh, a good synopsis and overview of what, what we're looking for and what you guys are looking for, if you wouldn't mind. Hey, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake and we'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Oh. We are 
When we heal from our traumas. When we face our fears. Let go of our addictions. When we relearn our values. When we live our teachings. Respecting our elders. Cherishing and honoring our children. When we honor and take care of our spirit. There will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. At Metro State University, change the world your way. Students learn from expert instructors in high-demand degree programs, including healthcare, technology, cybersecurity, teaching, and business. As one of the most diverse universities in Minnesota, Metro State is a learning community dedicated to equity, inclusion, and anti-racism. Explore 60-plus high-quality bachelor's degree programs at Metro State University's open house events in person October 17th and online October 19th. Sign up at metrostate.edu slash open house. Know your power. Metro State University. Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. Even though Auto Technical is a small nonprofit, we have helped more families with transportation than any organization in Minnesota. Since 94, we have reconditioned donated vehicles so they have a higher tax benefit. Call Richard at 612-919-5526, 612-919-5526, or autotech.org. Anine, I'm Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan, and you are listening to Native Roots Radio. We are Alusa Nation. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This show, this portion of the show is supported by J.S. Bean Factory off Randolph Avenue in St. Paul. Native-owned, bringing us the best coffee, keeping us awake. I am awake, and I love that coffee. Remember Steve's Blend? Yeah. I always say that. It gets me, uh, in a good way, fired up. In a good way. <laughs> yeah. So if I ever have to do any, like, protesting, uh, you know, uh, or anything like that, I go to Steve's Coffee because it keeps me going. <laughs> hey, we got a couple great guests here, and uh, I I wanted to ask you before we let you speak your truth and what you want to talk about, I wanted to ask you, uh, each one of you, start with Wobbin. How did you start uh, this journey working with, with MnDOT, and how's, it, how's that really progressed over the years, and how did you hear about your job? Well, I started with MnDOT when I um, went to my workforce counselor. Um, I believe she was uh, the same work counselor as Ia, but I got through um, MnDOT. I started working at MnDOT through a, a work program. Um, great, great program. Uh, I was a single mother, obviously, working to get off the system. And I was actually selected or picked out by Alicia to apply for the position that they were posted because of my skills, my skill set. So I applied. And, you know, like the normal Native American, Indigenous, First Nations person doesn't really want to be working for the government. (laughs) I did have a bias and I was thinking when she was telling me you should apply for this. You're the perfect person. I believe your skills, you'll you'll do great. I was agreeing with her, but then I was also thinking in my back of my head, like, yeah, I'm not going to get this position. I'll apply, but, you know, I was already in that uh, road of pathway of, like, just already being, you know, denied things, certain things that I want to go after. So when I applied, it, I got the interview. I did the interview, and I was, you know, given the position. I accepted it, and I was kind of iffy about it. But getting into the position and finding out how actually it works I, it kind of changed my mindset. So I started back in 2011, 2012 in the Office of Finance as an administrative assistant. So from there it took off. And it's been, you know, it's been challenging to work all these years with different people, different supervisors, different leaders. And it really, 
is very reflective of who you are, how you were raised, and what direction you're going to take your life. That's how it worked out for me. So, Well, that's awesome. And you've been there for over 12 years, and that, that says a lot right there. Uh, Ms. Uh, Walking Elk, how did you start? I, I have a similar story to Wobbins. I was living in St. Paul at the time. It was probably 20, and um, I was trying to work my way. I was a single mom. I had a new baby, and I um, was I worked with Alicia Smith at the American Indian Family Center and Jenny Thompson, some really amazing mm-hmm. Native ladies, and Barb Fairbanks. They're all amazing at what they do, and they really, really do want people to be better. And um, the, it came, came across similar to Wobbin's story. Um, it was a temporary position, like a foot in the door, if you will, is kind of how it was sold to me. I got all excited. I got all fixed up. I got did my job interview. <laughs> Didn't get the job. Oh. <laughs> so I was just, you know, I, I was like, oh, okay, well, that was cool. Now I'm kind of, it was better prepared, I guess, for more job interviews. And as um, I like to call it luck, but maybe fate would have it. The person actually ended up withdrawing from the position. So they ended up asking me um, to take it. I got in there temporarily for on a three-month contract at the Department of Human Services. Got to know a lot of people um, helping with all anything. They had a backlog of things I was working on. Um, and I met other people who said, hey, there's a position at DOT. Are you interested? And I truthfully didn't know what I was interested at the time, but I knew I wanted to work and learn. Mm -hmm. So I accepted. Um, It was another temporary position, but it was a foot in the door. And that was that was over 12 years ago. Wow. So kind of bounced around a little bit with different positions. I worked as an um, executive assistant to the state engineer. Um, He soon realized I wasn't the best assistant. Just kidding. (laughs) 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 He helped. Um, I, I moved within my office, so I worked as an extraordinary enforcement coordinator, basically hiring highway patrol and work zones. And then um, I got went back to school for a little while, and now I'm a discrimination investigator. And I've been here for about five years. So it it impacted my path, but it also, like, um, it gave me new pathways, I guess you could mm-hmm. say to um, apply my skills and my knowledge. But that, that same conflict, I think it's a really important what Wobbin brought up is that like, we didn't grow up thinking, well, one day I'm gonna work for the Department of Transportation. <laughs> you know, We right. actually didn't probably think much at all about the Department of Transportation or transportation for that matter, unless it was like going to a powwow or something. <laughs> but, um, but, but we, um, there's it's like a really big place it's a there's so much more depth to it Mm -hmm. like with anything else but yeah so it's clearly we're we're doing okay there we've both been there for quite some time yeah you have and i want to can i correct you i think you had your moccasin in the door not the foot in the door (laughs) my hump in the door (laughs) (laughs) well yeah both you've been there a long time and um what kind of advice could you give somebody that's wanting to apply? Because it seems like uh, your expectations were maybe a little vague, and then you just followed your followed your nose into different uh, kind of opportunities that MnDOT gave you. Mm-hmm. It's it's very rough. Uh, you have to have some tough skin. You can't take things personally, you know, because there's going to be a lot of people that will challenge you mm. and test your patience and just like push your buttons, just push your buttons because that's, it seems like that's all they seem to do when I started. And it was like, I'm not going to allow these people to run me off when mm. I'm trying to make a better life for myself and not only for myself, but the future of my you know, life beyond mine, my, my legacy, leave my legacy. Yeah. In good. Yeah. So it is, it's very, it is very challenging. It does comes with its ups and downs. You do have to have thick skin. You do can't take everything personally. And you just got to keep in mind that you're applying and you're doing the job or a career for yourself and your future. Right. But once you, once you got your position, then, then you have more, I don't know if controls the right word, but you have more uh, capacity to uh, to do a good job and and find your own path. Yes, and that's really cool. Uh, 
Could you tell us a little bit about your job, Miss uh, Walking Elk? Because uh, your title sounds pretty interesting there, and I imagine at times you're very busy. <laughs> yeah, we've had some, if you can imagine over the past five years, um, we've had some busy times, um, or over the past couple of administrations. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's it's interesting work. So what we do is... We do have an EEO function and just I'm not speaking like on behalf of my office, but just about my position. Um, But we have like an equal opportunity EEOC type of function um, where most of our team is federally trained um, EEOC investigators. So we handle any internal employment investigations or issues that come up that are related to discrimination. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't think I would end up in this field, but it is like it is pretty interesting to. I grew up in Pipestone, Minnesota, Mm. um, most of my life and like a big chunk of my life in the cities. But I consider Pipestone, Minnesota, my home. And um, oops. And Pipestone is there's a lot of cultural happenings and things going on there that can make you feel like it's like literally like they have a painting there that says the crossroads of the Indian world. (laughs) And it can make you feel like that. Mm. And like you you look around with this sense of identity and belonging, but like Wabin said, um, working here, although I love my job and the challenges that come with it, it can, it can test you sometimes when you're a native person who's very like, you know who you are and you know where you come from and you see what's going on um, with state governments and things like that. But um, also to kind of piggyback on that a little bit more, but there are things we can do um, like, check discrimination and bad behaviors and things like that and try to correct them and change them. And am I changing the world? No, but I feel like I'm affecting some positivity here for people who need to have a good experience at work. Well, yeah. And you are changing the world. I've always told uh, brand new teachers when I was teaching in high school that uh, you're going to change somebody's life. Uh, You just might not ever know or know uh, whose life you're changing. So I, I believe when you're when you're advocating for, especially for a natives, um, you are changing people's lives and, and people's perspective too, because I feel like a lot of the old guard is, is leaving. And, um, I just spoke at the university of Minnesota today and, uh, these young ones are pretty hip and they want to learn about, you know, the atrocities that happened to us over the last 500 years because it's not being taught in school. That's, that's true too. And I think that um, the IERG itself, it does give natives like a home base at, at work. And um, even if you're up north or in Pipestone or somewhere like that, um, you can reach out. And I've, there, there's so many natives that have worked here for so long mm. and they didn't, we didn't even know wow. that they were there. There's so many different offices. And with the, creation of the group and the establishment of it and the existence of it they actually have joined join us and you know they it's created a community wow that's great hey we got one more segment with you really excited to have you two on and and talk about your journey and also opportunities out there for us all hey you're listening to native ritz radio presents i'm awake and i'm robert pilot and i'm here with haley and we're holding down the flagship station here at am 950 and we're going to be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Oh. Be a vaccinative. It's time to come together and talk about the urgent need to stay up to date on COVID-19 vaccinations to protect our heritage, our loved ones, and our future. Throughout history, we have always faced challenges, and today we must protect our culture and loved ones. This is our opportunity to ensure that our tribal gatherings once again resound with joy and celebration, where the echoes of our ancestors guide our steps. It's a chance to care for our elders, cherishing their wisdom and stories for generations to come. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. Let us unite resilient as ever and show the world the strength of the Native American community. Together, we shape a future where our traditions thrive, our children learn from our ancestors, and our people flourish once more. So be a vaccinative and learn more about staying up to date with your COVID vaccinations at health.state.mn. 
health.state.mn.us. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. You work hard for every cent you make. You have bills and you have goals. Choose a bank that's going to support you along the way. That's fair financial banking. No overdraft fees, no minimum balance. No credit score required. Call 651-262-2173 to talk to a fair financial enroller to open your account today. Keep more of your money. That's fair. Fairfinancial.org. Fair is a program of Prepare Plus Prosper, a nonprofit organization and is not a bank. Banking services are provided by Sunrise Banks N.A., member FDIC. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. The Mary T. family of companies serves seniors and people with a wide range of disabilities. We provide home health care, hospice services, and accessible rental housing. This is Mary T., and we'd like you to join us. We're hiring direct care professionals, CNAs, nurses, and other support services. Our mission is to provide quality, personalized services to meet the unique and evolving needs of the people that we serve. Join a Minnesota family-owned company that was founded on a history of care. Apply today at MaryTInc.com slash careers. I'm Rachel Schroman, owner of Schroman Law, and I believe you deserve information. Our firm offers free quarterly estate planning seminars at our office in St. Paul. At these seminars, you can learn the basics of estate planning from an attorney to help you determine which estate planning documents will meet your needs and goals in an efficient and cost-effective manner. You can learn more and register at our website, schromanlaw.com events. That's S-C-H-R-O-M-E-N law dot com slash events. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for clear skies tonight with a low around 60. Friday, a chance for thunderstorms with a high near 78. And Saturday, partly cloudy with a high near 79. Don't just settle for what's in the cupboard. Elevate your meals with premium oils and vinegars from Vinaigrette. They offer the finest selection of extra virgin olive oils, balsamic vinegars, fused extra virgin olive oils, white balsamic vinegars, and wine vinegars. Vinaigrette is located at 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis. More at vinaigrettemn.com. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Yes, they do. And later on in the show, we're going to have uh, Dr. Stately on to check in for a quick segment. But we are here with two uh, young warriors because I said that, you know, uh, because I'm old. I'm a baby elder, so I have to say young warriors uh Young warriors that are working for MnDOT and have over uh, a period of time, and also, you sound like you've paved the way in a good way and um, made room for more more Native Americans to work for MnDOT. And uh, so, I'm excited to to hear some more things here. Uh, uh, Wabin, uh, what do we have uh, for uh, job openings? Are we uh, is it a plethora of many things, or is it just get on that website and see what you like? Yes, there's many open positions, like different positions. You know, when you think of MnDOT, you think of plow trucks, obviously. There's <laughs> right. A wide range of everything. So we got, like, you know, business development coordinator, electrician, master of records, um, and these are throughout the whole state of Minnesota. So it's not only here in the central, you know, Minneapolis-St. Paul vicinity. It's throughout the entire state. So it's as far as like Wilmer or 
Roseville and out of our districts, Fergus Falls, we have transportation specialists and transportation generalists. Uh, we also have like audits and investigation supervisors and um, administrative assistants. We also do like stu um, student workers as well, civil, civil rights, construction inspectors, assistant mechanic shop supervisors. So there is a whole lot of open positions. You would just have to go on our website. And then once again, that is mn.gov backslash careers. And it's uh, open search for positions, open positions. And it's that link will take you to the state agency website. So it's not only MnDOT, it's all state agencies um, mm. throughout the state of Minnesota. But you can choose Department of Transportation and it will give you a list of open positions that we have here at the Department of Transportation. And then there's also a lot of other open positions within the other um, different state agencies. You know, you could be like a general labor worker that works for you know the administration building working mm. on the land and gardens and stuff like that so for for a second for a second when you pause general i thought well i want to be a general um <laughs> <laughs> but i it, it what's really in all seriousness what's really uh, exciting and important and you too could probably speak of this better is that uh, a benefit for working for the state a benefit there's many benefits uh, whether it's retirement whether it's healthcare, whether it's uh, paid vacation, those things that, um, and then it also sounds like too that there's there's movement within too. You don't have to be stuck with a certain job, and you can apply in other uh, departments. Yes, there is a lot of benefits. There's you know not like you said, not only your pension, you get your benefits. You also have the option of saving outside of your pension. Um, there's another also benefit that you are a, a union worker. Mm -hmm. I, I'm in AFSCME and I get to go to college because the union pays for my college. So there's another benefit. Um, so there's a lot of benefits, health benefits, uh, everything. That's so. huge. And I want to get uh, get back to Miss Walking Elk here. And uh, that is really interesting. I, I forgot that you were union, and I'm a former union person too uh, as a high school teacher. That's so important um, for bargaining, bargaining and, uh, and all those things to, to uh, stay within uh, a living wage uh, and also health care. How, how important is the union to you? Uh, very and not just because of my philosophies um, on work and the history of unions in this country, but um, I also have a daughter with um, special needs and with a she was born with a very rare health condition. And I will say when um, times got tough, like it was really nice to have those benefits for my daughter. It's nice to have a long-term employment to utilize things like FMLA to take care of her, um, to take care of my family. Um, and then the Minnesota or the state of Minnesota off, also offers paid parental leave and that's for any parent, that's for adoption. You know, so dads now are allowed to take time off with their new baby. Um, families that adopt are allowed to take time off and be paid for it and not have that come out of their bank and mm. their personal bank. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, there's definitely a lot of benefits um, with, especially with COVID and now we're recognizing like we're in a new work environment. Mm. Um, we've had to evolve and um, Mendel's evolved right along with other employers. And that flexibility allows for a lot for your family. You know, if you have little ones, if you have grandkids and we're natives, we're all about family, yeah. you know, like family, community gatherings. And that's one thing we've tried to integrate in our group is those, not just those like fringe benefits and things like that, but also those like those human benefits, like making space, like, come on, let's get together and we're going to go out to eat, but we're going to go out to eat at gatherings. We're mm -hmm. not going to go to McDonald's or some Olive Garden or something like that, but bringing that back to the community. So I think that's a those are all benefits i would say uh, that's yeah. really important and on a on a funny note i see you're able to work out of your car oh well just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i had to call Haley before this because i locked myself out of my office that's okay is it okay to be in the car yeah. so I, yeah so i locked myself out of my office you no. can't 
I, I knew that, but I was just making fun because you said uh, uh, since COVID, we're, uh, I don't know. I think I'm cracking myself up, but we got to get back serious here. Hey, so what kind of what kind of hours do you work? I mean, and is it a nine to five job or is there various hours? Is there opportunities? I think you mentioned students. Can There's certain jobs for students too, and they have jobs during the week or maybe the summer, or can you tell a little bit about that? I think that very, uh, very depends on your supervisor, but most likely it's, you know, eight to five, the normal nine to five, like you said, nine to five. Uh, we got people that come in from six o'clock that leaves at two. We got the students that come in throughout the year, you know, they, it works with their schedule depending on what their schedule is. Um, I work, you know, eight thirty to five, mm-hmm. you know, and I do have flexibility uh, if I have to take some time off during the day for my kids. I could take time off and then make it up. Um, other than that, our, our utilized vacation or sick time. But it's really up to the supervisor. So it basically is 9 to 5, 8 to 5. But for the plow truck drivers, I believe they have a completely different schedule. Sure. You know, it's interesting, too. I, I'm just feeling this way about our interview and, and speaking today. I feel, I feel like it's a lot of, uh, you know, we're still here kind of things and opportunities for our people to uh, take advantage of, of these things that maybe weren't, as you said earlier, were made for us or were welcoming for us. And now um, it's more welcoming and, and with, you know, glass ceiling, people like you breaking the glass ceiling and having more representation of natives in, in this kind of really opportunity you know it's a game changer for people whether it's medical or just long term it definitely is and i like shout out to the natives who worked here before us because there were few of them and they had to be so tough um Mm. to hang in there you know just for the simple fact that there was only a handful of them and um all the never mind all the other um, you know, forces um, right. that make work challenging, especially for a government. But yeah, the, there, there was some older natives um, who were getting ready to retire when our group formed. And one of them was from Red Lake and her name was Karen Badu. And she sat us down and she said, don't quit. Mm. You know, mm. they're going to make you want to quit. They're going to make you want to leave and you hang in there. And Man, I think we all carry those words with us because mm. she read our minds. There were times when it gets tough anywhere. But um, when you're Native people, there's a there's just a unique... The, isolation can feel really different mm. for Native people. It's like another level. Not to discount anyone else's experience, but um, I think um, that really... That those older ones, they they paved the way, and yes. we, we appreciate them so much. Wow, uh, that's yeah. a really really good point, uh, Wabin. What what are your thoughts on that too? I imagine they're very very similar. I'm one hundred percent with Ia. Like she said, when our group first started, they sat us down and they told us strictly what you know that they thought it was a good idea that we were coming up and we were taking over and not to quit. And it is. It's very. Um, just recently, oh my God, this this past year, just a whole bunch of challenges came upon you know my my life. So I'm very glad I work in an organization that is very, I'm not going to say very understanding, but I do like the my supervisor. I do like my unit. I do like how flexible I can have my schedule, and I, I like the benefits and what MnDOT or the state agency provides for a single mother like myself um, to continue on doing what I'm doing to get to where I need to be for the future of my kids and continue on with them. Well, Wabin, I think they've become more understanding when you have a a union backing (laughs) backing you up, and I think they have to be understanding. So there's a a lot to that, too. It's uh, I, I really agree. And Again, um, being a baby elder, you guys are young warriors leading the way here and um, doing it in a good way. And I, I really, really appreciate you two stopping in. And we have to do this more often because uh, your stories are compelling. And um, I want to see what uh, 
Miss Walking Elk's office looks like next time too. Ho oh, Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I know I really that's what I get. This is this is what I get. Because just earlier I was putting up my big lacrosse poster. So that could be in the background because I just love lacrosse. And now you guys are looking at the headset and my son's car seat. So. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you too, uh, really so much for stopping in and uh, your compelling story, which really, I, I've said that just again, but it is, it's really, I didn't expect this in this interview and there's a lot of uh, good things that not only the state's doing, but the union backing the state workers and you guys leading the way. So that's get you back on the show again real soon. Definitely. We will most likely be grateful to come back so most likely (laughs) i like that that's really you're really committed to uh, coming back but i see what you mean hey thank you so much peeny gigi really uh it's been my pleasure and you are listening to native ritz radio presents i'm awake and up next dr stately Bonjour. Hello. My name is Wabin. I am an enrolled member of the White Earth Nation, descendant of the Navajo Nation, and co-chair of the Indigenous Employee Resource Group with the Minnesota Department of Transportation. MnDOT is hiring for a variety of positions from road maintenance to accounting and more. We offer great benefits. For more information or to set up a one-on-one resume and application assistance, visit mn.gov careers or you can text or call 612-257-2388. 612-257-2388. Back to school season is here. And while this is an exciting time for parents, kids, and educators, let's not forget how far we've come in our battle against COVID-19. We're in a better place, but COVID-19 is still here, and we need to continue to help protect our communities. With the flurry of new schedules and classrooms, let's not overlook the fundamentals of staying safe. Wash your hands regularly and watch for any symptoms like fever, chills, a cough, or shortness of breath. Should you or someone you know have COVID-19 symptoms, stay home and get tested. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. Let's have this back-to-school season be a time of renewed commitment to our collective health and brighter future for our Native communities. Again, find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. JNS Bean Factory is a Native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Good one, Dr. Stately. Hey, we're here with Dr. Stately, CEO of Native American Community Clinic, and I got to pause there because sometimes I mess that up. Uh, good hauling, and I uh, just talked to Bobby Wilson, and he'll be on the show next week. Maybe we should get you on there with him. Oh, nice. We, I love that. And we can have a swear fest because Bobby likes <gasps> to swear. Oh. Well, we fa- can beep yeah, it out. You know? My favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite. Did you like that howl? I even gave you like the little... Um, Ojibwe snarl, the lip L- curl, <laughs> snarl, definitely. Wow. <laughs> well, uh, so we we come out. Uh, we're here in Eden Prairie, and we're like, I guess, just five minutes from your home that we've never been invited to. Well, five minutes if you drive fast like I do. It's probably more like fifteen. <laughs> well, uh, I've just experienced my Chujunks driving because she drove today, and it would have oh. took us four minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> Pray for me on the like, way home. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not bad. did you put up the quotes i will (laughs) well i want to give a shout out uh as robert said we were at the u of m earlier today and 
Uh, just want to give a big shout out to uh, Dr. Diane Cormany, professor of journalism and communications at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities campus. Uh, big Pina Gigi for inviting us out to speak with your class today. I know Robert and I, we had a great time being back at our old stomping grounds, both being Goal golfers. graduates. Yes. Goal golfers. Goal golfers. Goal golfers. And I work with a lot of people from Wisconsin, so I get to say goal golfers. Oh, that's awesome. Sounds like a lovely day. I didn't know. I don't know if you knew this, but I was a journalism major when I was at McAllister. That's right. College. That's right. Way back in the day when you still typed your news articles on typewriters. What about with the, what Ching. about the the? Do you remember the Ching. the uh, paper that you could sniff with? Oh the ink? yeah, what was that yeah. called? The mimeograph. Rolling? Mimeograph. Yeah. So you like printed your newspapers like this. Yep. My and they were hand. all blue. Yeah, that's how I got my buff arms when I was really young. Oh, geez, that's how I started sniffing glue. But that's another. St- <laughs> that's a that's another uh, show, isn't it? We'll be do that'll be our chemical dependency yes, show exactly. that we do, like the beginnings of your chemical dependency, right? right your exactly. research and development career, <laughs> right? Well, Doctor Stately, uh, it's it's interesting. We got you on here for the last part of the show, and. Um, are there any updates uh, happening here? Uh, I, I guess a COVID update of some yeah. sort? Or? Well, a couple community updates are yeah. really critical. We're having the full moon ceremony here. I think it's tonight. Yeah, it's it'll be tomorrow Friday, tomorrow, Friday, September 29th at 7. Yep. So NAC sponsors a full moon ceremony every single month are in our honor around the full moon. Um, actually, this full moon is actually the last um What's it called? Um, uh, not the blue moon, but the the super moon. Oh. The super, oh, super moon. moon. And they said that it'll be possibly so um, cloudy that you won't be able to see it. And I think it's actually tonight. But our ceremony is tomorrow. And hopefully there will be clear skies and it'll be warmer. So you'll be able to see that big, huge moon. It's supposed to be significantly larger. And then, um, <clears throat> but we do that every single month. That's the ceremony that we sponsor for. Native women in and around the Twin Cities who, you know, just want to kind of be in a space um, and um, get some healing around their reproductive um, and, yeah. and some lessons and some learnings as well, some teachings, our traditional teachings around, you know, taking care of your women health. You know, I, speaking at the U and we were, we were talking about um, some generational stuff and I was all really excited because I really feel like Gen Z is going to save us in many different ways because our families have been drugged through things like uh, residential schools um, and all these bad things have happened. And, and so generations, a couple generations, we've uh, lost our language. We've lost a lot of things. But I feel really strong about now and, and moving forward and things that you're doing and that our Gen Z people are really open to. Yeah, a lot of our young people today are really focusing their efforts on, you know, learning their language, recovering their knowledge and their um, ancestral knowledge, their, the wisdom of our elders. They're really taking a lot of intentional approach to that. I think that's going to really help our community heal from some of these historical losses. One of the things that I think was most fundamentally and um, um, just made a big huge impact on me I was talking about historical trauma one day and we were on a we were on a workshop myself and my nephew Ruben was on it as well <clears throat> and he said he made this comment he said you know what and we talk a lot about the Dakota War we talk about all these things that have happened tra- that impacted us tra- traumatically um, in our history he said and I want to just remind everybody like yes we have um, trauma in our DNA that we pass down, but we also have strength and resilience. He goes, and one of the things that was thought that was really profound about his comment, he said, you know, the U.S. Dakota War and all the things that happened to us as a result of that is such a small amount of time that mm. we've been on this planet. Mm. Like we have, as Dakota people, we've been here for 10, 12, 14,000 years. So 100 years of that time is very, very small. Right. So let's not try to forget that. Let's try to remember, you know, the strength and the beauty and the resilience we carry with our ancestors as well. And we carry that into the, not the generations today and not forward for the next seven. And we can pull ourselves out of these things. Yeah, really good point, too. And I, I want to remind, remind too, our, of our, and I talked a little bit about to the, the students, too, uh, is that everyone's been colonized. You know, at one time, 
you know, Irish people believed yeah. in earth and sky just like uh, natives, but we're, we're like the last holdouts in the resilient part too. Um, but everyone has to remember that they came from a lot of the same teachings that Native Americans have, but have lost it through colonization and war or whatever. Yeah. Well, indigenous people all over the planet have, um, you know, been colonized, a lot of them. A lot of them have, um, <clears throat> you know, even... You know, m many of the people who say like I'm a white person or I'm white people or I'm American, right? Mm -hmm. The the process and the intent of colonization is to strip you of your history and your knowledge about who you were and who you came from and where you came from, and that relationship to think place, land, your your community, your people, your nationhood, your hi your history, your ancestors. It's intended to make you think like oh. Um, forget about all that. What's important is this thing, this shiny new thing I'm putting in front of you right now. Well, right. really good point. And I've, I've read uh, that I don't even know if it was the 1910s or even later in the 40s that uh, there was not a white uh, uh, um, group of people. They were uh, Italians, Irish. And then all of a sudden they globbed them into one, one race, as you're kind of saying, and then it's us against them. As opposed to like-minded think, uh, like-minded thinking people of different communities. So it's been in intentional. Yeah, there's a um, <clears throat> there's a really great book by I think her name is um, Nell Nell Painter um, called um, The History of White People. Mm -hmm. It's a great book to read to understand the you know the historical context, the intention. Um, Race is a social construct. It isn't even based in genetics or anything, and so it is. What was you know? It was based in eugenics, and it was based in the intentional idea that there's a there's a supreme race and there's less less supreme races, and then so there that that's a lot of what got embedded in the sort of the the doctrines of discovery and the manifest destiny and those things. The idea that like you know there's a supreme race, an Aryan race that you know that you know deserves supremacy and kind of controls the earth and all of its bounty right so right well we got one minute left here dr stately really appreciate you driving all the way out here <laughs> and uh we have a, a show coming up here that will be played this weekend and uh you're a big part of it and uh we're excited to have you here tonight to record that and uh to everyone out there if you're listening to the show you are part of the resistance from chief plenty coops the ground which we stand on is the sacred ground. It's the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office, vote. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. And free Leonard Peltier. Now. now. <laughs>